From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Salvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Hello once again, and welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, If you are listening to this, then uh, we did not run you off on our last discussion uh, in our episode there uh, when we uh, talked about uh, this thing of sanctification. And and so, man, um, that was, um, if you remember, or or it's been a minute since you've listened to it, um, that was a lot, I think, uh, especially if you are hearing that or we're hearing that for the first time. Uh, so maybe you had to run through it a couple times or, or pause and replay and whatnot. Um, and if so, man, that's great because that means you're listening with a purpose and, and uh, you're, you're desiring uh, the things of the Word of God. And so um, I, I believe we ended our, our last episode uh, talking about uh, sanctification and, and how it relates to the tabernacle. Um and I believe I said, um, if I'm not mistaken, we uh, have just begun to scratch the surface. And and so um, we uh, are going to go a little bit further. Um, hopefully, we're not going to get lost in the weeds. Or we're not going to lose you anyway. So, again, if you need to, you know, pause us, go to the scriptures and uh, search these things out and uh, just just track uh, with us. If, if you're able just to grab uh, one or two things here and there, uh, man, praise the Lord for that. And um, go to the Word and, and validate what we're saying here uh, because uh, it's too important uh, that this uh, topic that we're discussing here uh, in, in this th- – in this series, this is really a, a um, part of a series that we're doing. I, I suppose um, a few weeks ago we started on justification, and we've uh, moved uh, last week and then this week into sanctification, and then we're going to be heading into uh, the uh, third uh, biblical tense of salvation, if we can say it that way. Uh, that is glorification, and so uh, these topics, y'all, are. Uh, a tad too important to uh, maybe just blow over or to, to not really concern ourselves with. There are just too many verses, uh, as you probably have gathered in our conversations, too many verses uh, that, that God uh, puts a premium on because uh, they're in his word uh, for us just to ignore these things. And, and so, um, man, I'm excited to, to, to get back into this conversation. I hope you are too, uh, but... One of the things I would like to just, um, especially if you're kind of transitioning with us from the last episode, if you didn't catch that, please do so. Uh, but the things we've been talking about, um, I think we kind of even maybe alluded to this toward the end of the last episode, I can't remember, is these things are not, oh yeah, when we're talking about grace, these things are not possible by ourselves. If you are overwhelmed by this, good. Uh, because we cannot do these things outside of Christ, outside of his grace, outside of surrender, getting to the point to where we just come, come before the Lord and, and, and confess, I, I, I want to bring you glory. I want these things that you show us in your word, but Lord, I can't in, and of myself. And so I, I am willing to die to self, to surrender to you and, and to, uh, um, go where you lead me. And so, um, man, if you're just at that point, uh, I want to encourage you uh, that that is actually a good point to be at, at the end of yourself. Uh, because, you know, 
nowhere in Scripture are we told to uh, let self be in control. Um, we are called to be Spirit-filled and to walk in the Spirit, and so it is Him doing this through us. Um, so uh, I'm excited to get back into this. Um, I know we're going to be heading to some some specific places. Uh, Chris, I um, how you doing today? Good. How you doing, brother? Uh, all right. Uh, very good. Um, I um, I know we're going to be going to a few specific places, and I think this might be a good place uh, to, to maybe just start. First um, Thessalonians chapter four, uh, Paul um, writes about some of these things that we're talking about here uh, in this last episode, in this one here. Um, so maybe you can share a few verses with us there, and and kind of just. Uh, go into uh, maybe just a little bit about what Paul is saying there. Sure. So, yeah, we, we talked about this thing of sanctification, just started talking about it and how important it really is, um, and especially as it pertains to the tabernacle and what that looks like. And just to kind of really get us going here, geared back in, uh, the, just to drive home the point of how important this thing of sanctification really is so that we take it more seriously, it it's, it's just happens to be the will of God for us that we be sanctified. So it's that important. So it's that oh. important. I mean, yeah, but I don't huh. know what the will of God is in my life. <laughs> well, you're about to find out. <laughs> you're about to find out what one of them is There's for sure. One of those seven. One of the seven. There are seven of them. That's right. Um, and this is one of them. So if you if you got your King James Bible out and you want to open up to First Thessalonians in chapter four, I'll just start in verse one and I'll read. I don't know the first four or five verses or so. Uh, it says, "Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren." And exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Now here we go. For this is the will of God. It doesn't get any more plain than that, y'all. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all of such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. Now check out verse seven, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. That was something I think we also left off on talking about how the importance of sanctification directly is directly tied to holiness. So it's the will of God that we be sanctified in honor and not to dishonor. And he even uses that word vessel, right? Our, our bodies are vessels that this is supposed to be the temple of God, uh, that God is dwelling in us. So we're supposed to uh, honor this vessel and, and hold it in honor and, and make it uh, holy. And it can't be unclean because uh, our sanctification, our, our being set apart, is very much wrapped up in the will of God. And if you uh, just jump over to chapter 5, and you read in verse 23, and it says, And the very God of peace, and here's the word again, sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you have the, the whole, whole a trinity of man there, okay? The spirit, the soul, and the body, that, 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 that whole being of us is wrapped up in God. He is a triune God. He made us in, originally in, in his image. We talked about that image. And so we have three parts that make us up. That, that tabernacle has three parts that make it, it up. And we're, we're supposed to be preserved blameless and, and holy in our being and holiness as well and to be sanctified. So what needs to be sanctified? 
our whole being. Our whole what? Our whole being. No, no, no. But go to the verse. Yeah. Our, our whole what? Our, our whole spirit. Oh, no, okay. So where where does that sanctification process happen in the tabernacle where our whole spirit is sanctified? In the holy place. In the in the holy place. Okay. Okay. Right. right. That's where the Holy Spirit is represented. Right. And the body would be on the altar sacrifice okay. and the soul would be then in the mm. Holy of Holies. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All three of those. Holy. Mm -hmm. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Yeah. Not H-O-L-Y. Right. W. That means all of it. Right. Lay it all down. Mm -hmm. Your whole body. And, your whole spirit. And what does Paul say in Romans 12? Or to be a living sacrifice. So, again, there's that and tabernacle. By the, way, by the way, Paul exhorted. Mm -hmm. What does that word exhort mean? It's not a friendly word. <laughs> Insight. Right. Like, hey, if I've got to beat this into you, I'm exhorting you of the importance of this. And that's amazing how Paul is pinning these words under the, of course, inspiration of the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. and, and we've had these conversations, guys, um, before, uh, as of as of late, more so recently, that it is amazing once you start to understand some of these realities uh, of the tabernacle and and the pattern that that God has established and the blueprint and and all of that. Just how many references there are in the New Testament mm. to the Old Testament scriptures specifically pertaining to the tabernacle. Um, very much like prophecy. Once you start to learn more about prophecy, it's amazing how many references. And and when we don't uh, know that, uh, you know, it's you know, I mean, everyone's you know, people are growing in their faith, and everyone is at different places and all that, and we understand that. But man, um, if we're not growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ, uh, then we're missing the, the full potency of these passages and the real true meaning of what God is saying here. And hence the reason why you got to go to that labor of washing. Yeah. Absolutely. Most people, Absolutely. like I said last in last episodes, most people just don't get past that. The, the washing of they, water they, by they, the they're word. They're stuck at the justifications place. They're not getting washed by the water. Oh, but man, my pastor always preaches out of the Bible. Does he? Mm. Does he? Mm -hmm. Is he preaching about the Bible or is he preaching the Bible? Which one is it? Yeah, we're not told to preach about the word. We're not told to preach from the word. Uh, we're not, we're told to preach the word. Right. In right. season and out of season, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure is what Paul says. And then he says, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Oh, we don't like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's when you it. do that. Why would you, why would you Sorry, I got to bring us all down why, now. No, no, no. You would get him like all... He's going to start talking I about that. I just opened up the can now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can That's, of worms That's another episode. <laughs> no. Um, that, that's very important. Absolutely. Uh, but okay. So, so let's kind of, um, I guess I'll use the term shift gears, but not really shifting gears per se, just taking it a step further. Um, to earlier we, we were talking amongst ourselves, um, about, uh, this thing of the mind, Frank, I know we were, we were talking about that. Um, and, and how Paul, uh, in the book of Romans, um, really, and Chris, you alluded to this really, um, unpacks the the triune nature of man and and we were discussing how that relates to the tabernacle and our sanctification uh, so is that maybe somewhere we want to go next uh, or um sure okay so 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 so, so frank maybe kind of just uh, give our listeners a uh, a a a brief if possible overview because we spent several weeks months i believe um 
at church talking about these things uh, when we did our study in the book of Romans. Uh, but maybe just a brief um, overview of what we've been discussing here and how it relates to our topic today. Yeah, so the book of Romans is the, uh, man, if you're talking about justification <laughs> and you want to understand uh, the, all, the, all the ins and outs of justification, uh, that's what the book of Romans is. I mean, that, that, it is the, uh, the, the topic of discussion, without a doubt, is salvation. Uh, and uh, what we have to understand is, is that this process of salvation, um, uh, and, and if you're kind of hearing us drop these, this justification, sanctification, glorification, which where we're getting that uh, is, is really primarily from the book of Romans. And we have to understand that this process of salvation uh, comes in three, three, it's threefold. Justification is, is what took place on the day we got saved. It's when, it's when God took our sins and nailed them to his cross. And if we truly repented, if we truly uh, believed and received, okay, that, 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 that's a, a, mm -hmm. a very important distinction, uh, as 1 Corinthians 15 uh, states, uh, the gospel, uh, and we truly uh, believe and have received uh, in, the, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This is why, you know, you hear people preaching the gospel today, and they don't even mention 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm thinking, well, how, how did you get, how, how did you, how, how, you're not even giving them the right message. Okay, but beside the point, I regress. Uh, what we're talking about is this, this body uh, which uh, needs salvation. It needs, uh, 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 um, it, it's destined to die because of Adam's sin. Mm -hmm. As by one man's sin entered in the world, so death by sin. And, and so this body needs redemption, okay? And, and ultimately, what that's going to look like is, okay, the day we got saved, our body, our members, the, mem the body's a physical thing. Our members is speaking of the things we do within our body in the spiritual realm. Okay, so Paul talks a lot about our members. Right. Okay, uh, uh, that needs to be justified. But once that's been justified, then we move into the sanctification phase. We need to move into the sanctification phase, okay? And what happens within the sanctification phase is that now what God is doing is if we are allowing the word of God, the, the washing of the water, to cleanse us, okay, y'all with me on this? Um, how many Bible verses should be popping in our heads, our heads right now? Then what happens is, is God now transforms our minds from what we used to want to what we now are destined to do. Hence why uh, after Paul goes through his whole discourse in the, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, in chapter 12, he comes to that place where he says, Now, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, transforming your mind. Hmm. See? Okay, so this isn't just me making this stuff up. Okay, no. So now we go into this transforming of our mind stage. That's what takes place in the holy place mm -hmm. of the tabernacle. Okay. When we're able to effectively 
cleanse ourselves of all of unrighteousness, and when we are able to effectively be holy as he is holy, then and only then can we stand before his throne in the perfect measure of the fullness of Christ, which Paul talks about in Ephesians, right? To present you in that, right? Okay. That's the place of glorification. That's when this body will take on a new form and you will get a resurrected body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Th- these three tenses of salvation. And that would be glorification. That's glorification. Of course. And that happens in the holy of holies. Right. When you are in the presence of God himself. Right. For real. You can't be in the presence of God until all of that takes place. Now, here's the thing. Can we get there just by being justified? We can. And the reason why we can is because when God looks on us at that justification phase, he doesn't see us Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. He just sees Christ. Okay. And if that's where you want to land, if that's where you're okay being, here's the thing. Mm. Just understand that when you do get there, you aren't going to receive all of the inheritances and rewards you could have received. Mm. You're, you're, you just aren't going to be in the, and, and by the way, this is for all of eternity. Plus, isn't he worth more glory than that? Well, no doubt. Than just kind of getting in by the skin of your teeth, so to speak. I mean, just, you know, by ma- barely making the cut, I guess, you know, the bare minimum, mm-hmm. the lowest common denominator, um, is that what your Jesus is worth to you? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, praise it's the a, Lord, praise the Lord that there, you're there, but what almost what a sad, sure. what a sad story. That's the thing about this whole thing of sanctification. You know, it has everything to do with how your judgment is going to go because your sanctification process is going to determine what oh. you've gained and what you've what, lost what and does, how you enter the kingdom. What does 1 Thessalonians 5.23 say? Your whole, whole body. To be what? Preserved. Blameless. Blameless. Right. When? And that, the judgment that is coming. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's what First Corinthians three is all about. When you read about this thing of the judgment seat of Christ, that's what's being judged. No there is doubt. the works that we did no during the sanctification process, Not during the justification right. phase. Because he says you, you get passed through as we didn't, fire. We didn't do anything, right. That, right. That, so, like you just said, we we get to be there. Mm-hmm. But in what state are we going to be there? Are you going to enter in naked and ashamed? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to have the clothes be clothed with the righteousness, the robes of righteousness, saints. and have all the precious stones that, of the works that you did during mm-hmm. the sanctification process turned into the crowns to mm-hmm. to cast at his feet? I mean, that's that's where that gets judged. And and I'm just curious, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm really not. I'm just curious how many Christians, if that's what they are, have any clue what we're talking about right now. Yet. Yet, this is the whole purpose of why God laid out the tabernacle. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it so that we would have a clue, right? It's the whole purpose. Yeah. So, you know, just real quick, uh, talking about that body, soul, and spirit again. Um, listen, that is, that is the ultimate goal of transforming ourselves is our body, our members, is being nailed to his cross. Our mind is now putting his mind on so that our heart will now be beating with the same heartbeat of the Father. So as Ezekiel says, he takes out that heart mm-hmm. of stone 
and he puts a, a living, a heart of flesh. Now, now you see things the way God sees them. Mm. That's when, that's when I would say, if there is a point of arrival, <laughs> that's when we've arrived. The, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Uh, what is Paul always praying for? Yeah. Is he praying for our physical needs? No. no I don't see one no. time in all scripture Paul prayed. No, he's praying for this. What we're talking about right now. This is what he's praying for the people. For the people that he is involved. This is what he's praying about. He's praying about people going from the justification stage and getting them to that glorification phase. That's what he's praying about. Yeah, And if Philippians 2... Five jumps into my my mind because you're talking about the mind and how the sanctification process is the conforming of ourselves to his image or having his mind. And it says in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the mind we're supposed to have, the mind of Christ. It's all about sanctification where we get that mind. And so now do you know why I say, do you, do you, do you, do you, honestly, guys, do you know why I say, I hope at the judgment seat of Christ I'm standing behind one of you guys <laughs> because if I'm standing behind one of these dudes back here who really understood this and did and gave it all up for him, I'm going to look like a fool. If you're standing behind me, you're going to look really good. <laughs> I promise but you that. Do you see what I'm saying, man? You know, this is, this is what I, this is what I, here's just my thought. Here, just, if you're listening right now and you're going, man, you guys are just way too deep. You're way too crazy. L- listen, what's going to happen when on that day, you stand before him. You find out all of this really did matter. Well, I'm just curious. Why wait till that day? It's too late then. Yeah, it's too late. Why not do something about it now? Yeah. Why, why are we waiting to the day he gets his glory? Why can't we be the vessels we're supposed to be to give him the glory now? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we really, truly love him, if we really, truly are thankful for what he's done for us, like Paul said, it's a reasonable service. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just reasonable. And, and, and in that passage, that transforming of our minds, uh, Chris, as you were saying as well, uh, well, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us that we have the mind of Christ yeah. in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so— um, But do we? Because if you've never gone to that labor of washing— yeah. It's available. It's available. Do you really have the mind of Christ? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Paul, uh, I just called you Paul, Robert. Well, thank you. Uh, you. There <laughs> thank you go. You, you just got elevated. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Why do I you got Paul, be, Peter, and James over be, here. Yeah, there we go. We're the inner circle. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. No, no. Uh, anyways, um, Robert, if you could, kind of shift us real quick uh, to this idea of what uh, uh, consecrated means. Um, I, I want to talk about that uh, if, if we could just for a moment. Yeah. So um, we've been talking about sanctification and how, how that is uh, being uh, set apart um, un- unto um, the gospel, as Paul says there in Romans 1, 1, um, uh, from the world and whatnot. Uh, but there's another term uh, that w- we need to um, look into, and that's the word uh, consecrate or consecrated. And, and that word simply means uh, being uh, or one who is devoted uh, or dedicated. And, and so when we're talking about these things, we, we have to make sure we're, we're understanding that there's a difference there. And and, and then from a, a personal application standpoint, um, where does our 
dedication lie? To whom or what are we dedicated? Um, where does our devotion lie, um, i.e., our worship? Um, and, and by worship, um, we here at One Baptist Church uh, do not mean uh, what songs are you singing, um, but um, what is ascribed worthship in your life? And so, um, let's just kind of kind of park there for a second. Um, any verses uh, that that come to mind, uh, Frank or Chris, as far as the, this idea of consecration, uh, dedication, uh, devotion, uh, as it relates to our conversation? Well, any verse in the Bible that talks about work, you know, we are his workmanship. Ephesians two ten. Uh, that that that's the idea of consecration. So that would entail that there's a kind of work that he's looking yes, for. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not just what we think is mm-hmm. the, John seventeen the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And we've mentioned that many times here. Sure. Um, so uh, it, it, isn't it interesting? You know, in John seventeen, uh, he talks about in verse uh, six uh, the whole idea of winning people to Christ. In verse eight, about uh, building them up. Yeah in their faith. And then in verse uh, 18, he talks about the, uh, the, the sending them to do the, do the same thing. Now watch in the tabernacle, where are people one? At the, uh, at the altar, at the altar. Mm-hmm. where, 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 where's the buildup happening? In the holy place. And where is the sending? And what is the sending to do to bring God glory? Mm-hmm. Where does that happen? Mm-hmm. Holy place. Here we go. Yeah. Man, that's Pastor Frank guy. He ain't as crazy as, as, as I thought he was. No, I'm, man, I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. This is it. So where does that consecration happens? It happens in the building part. Yeah. It, so so how do we do this? Well, well, Paul lays it out for us in Second mm. Timothy mm. two two. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, would you call that discipleship? <laughs> there you absolutely, go. absolutely, one hundred percent, absolutely. We are. That is what it is. And so I'm. If you're listening right now. I'm just going to highly urge you and tell you, hey, if you are not sitting under a pastor who is highly encouraging you and, and getting you involved into discipleship, uh, you, 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 you need to find one that is. Because this is, this is where sanctification takes place. This is how it takes place. Uh, it's not about some famous book that some author wrote. It's about the famous book the author wrote, yeah, God. Go. That is where sanctification sanctification cannot take place outside of the Word of God. Uh, let me repeat that. It cannot take place outside of the Word of God. We have to know my, God's mind on the subject for our sanctification to take place. End of story. No questions asked. You can argue with me all you want on that, but I can show you so many verses in the Bible that absolutely 100% prove that point out. Well, one right there. One of them, Ephesians five. Yeah, right, right there toward the latter part of the chapter, mm-hmm. um, talking about marriage and Christ in the church. Which is another picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. Absolutely. Um, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Period. No, that's not a period. With the washing of water by the word. Yeah. That he might present to himself a glorious church. Glorious glorification. Present. Present. How, do, how do you get to that glory stage? Mm-hmm. Got to be sanctified first mm-hmm. before you get to the glory. Yeah. Stage. So, so it's all through the washing of water by the word. There, um, discipleship. Yeah. I think of John seventeen seventeen. How poignantly Sanctify he puts that. Sanctify them truth. Yeah, word, word is truth. Is truth. Yeah. Oh, sure. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Amen. all over the place. Yeah. 
uh, no doubt. But yeah, this this thing of this thing of consecration is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And you know, again, if all you're getting is story time with grandpa and yeah. a bunch of self helps, I'm just curious. Yeah. Where's the consecration coming, man? How, how you doing? Are you are you really against? Well, you know, I meet I meet with so and so, and we 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 we're going through so and so's book, and and hey, yeah, I'm getting discipled. Mm-hmm. Are you? Is that is that really what's going on? Who are you? Be, who are you a disciple of now? You know, I'm just listen. You know, I think one of the biggest failures in the Christian church today is the misunderstanding of discipleship. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, what did I tell you last time? One of the big failures of the church today is we don't understand sanctification. Well, <laughs> this is on the very heels of it. Mm. Okay. One of the biggest failures in churches today is the lack of understanding of what true discipleship is. And, and listen, here's the other failure. You are not a disciple just because you are a Christian. There you go. Say that again. You are not a disciple of mm-hmm. Christ just because you are a Christian. That's important. Matter of fact, I would argue, and I said this last week at our sermon on Sunday, if you all remember, I would argue you're not even a Christian. Mm. That didn't mean, I'm not saying you're not saved. Right. Two different things. Okay. You say, wait a minute, if I'm saved, I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. If you're saved, you're a believer. Right. <laughs> to get to the Christian stage, they were first called Christians. Mm-hmm. What were they doing? They were Read what they were doing. They were disciples of Christ. They, what, when you get to the sanctification phase, what you have effectively done, okay, hear me out now, what you effectively have done is you now have nailed yourself to that cross. You now have submitted your mind to Christ. You now have given Christ leeway to have all uh, 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 movement in your life through you. That is a disciple of Christ. You are now living your life according to the rules, if you will, that Christ set forth. Because what is a Christian? A Christ follower. Well, I follow Christ. Do you? Do you? While you while you're still out at the bars doing what you're doing, while you're swearing. While you're doing stuff that you're missing on church on Sundays because you find other things to be more important, while you don't even have a, you're not even in His Word or you're barely in His Word. You really are you really a Christian? Hmm. Are you really a Christ follower? If you don't know your Bible, I would say you're not a very good Christ follower. Because how can you follow Christ if you don't even know what He said? Hmm. Am, I, am I preaching too hard? <laughs> no, I don't think so, and not at all. Um, it, it makes uh, it makes perfect sense. In any other realm of life as we know it, um, if you aren't following the – maybe I can use this terminology – the disciplines, if you will, of a field of whatever profession you're doing, um, you know, if you don't know cars, if you're not around cars, if you're not familiar with vehicles, then can you call yourself a mechanic? You know, just because you sit in a garage every now and then doesn't make you. A and when my car breaks mechanic. down, are you going to be able to help me? Mm. See, exactly, exactly. So, you know, what what good are you for use? You're not meat, you're not meat for the master's right. use, are exactly, you? exactly. Um, so, man, that that's that that right on. Praise the Lord. Um, okay, so. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about uh, if we can. Um, I know we were wanting to maybe go to Second Corinthians chapter six. Yep. Is this a good time to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, in light of these conversations, man, this passage it just it, yeah. it, it's a game changer. Yeah. 
So, okay, when we're talking about this thing of sanctification, right? Uh, we, we've, 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 I think we've clearly defined that it means to be set apart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we say set apart, what, what is it that we're supposed to be set apart from? Well, there's probably a lot of things that we could say about that. Number one, and, and kind of listen, this might be the most, one of the most important ones. You need to be set apart from yourself. <laughs> okay. I know that's so lost in our Christian vocabulary of what's going on in churches today, but I'm just telling you, okay, if, if you truly hold this book as your authority, there's no doubt about it. That's the number one thing you need to be set apart from. How, I mean, we could go all over the place to see verses where God is, is laying down yeah. the wood on that. Okay. But, but you know, that's not, that's the, we don't like that. Don't tell me that, you know, I, I have my own kingdom I want to worry about. Mm. Okay. But, but what I will say is another key component of what we're to be set apart from is the world. And there's our, you know, there's our problem. Going back to that picture, uh, God brought Israel out of Egypt, the world, a picture of the world to bring them into something. Okay. He wanted to tit the world out of Israel. If you want to get Egypt out of Israel, this is what sanct- the sanctification process is mm-hmm. partly doing. It's, it's getting the world out of us so we now can start to put on his mind and see things the way he sees them. John 3, <laughs> all right? And, and so that way we're now putting on the Father's heart. If the love of the Father, if you have a hatred for the brother, the love of the Father is not in you. That this is what true charity is all about. And by the way, isn't that the seventh level of, of Christian growth? Mm. Okay. So uh, going to, to 2 Corinthians 7 or mm. 6, look, look what he says here. I'm going to start in verse 14. Yeah. All right. He says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And listen, listen, friend, if you're listening, if you're quote unquote, Christian brother or sister is not acting the part. Don't just assume them believers just because they say they are. Anybody can call themselves anything they want. That's easy. It doesn't mean you actually are. Okay. And and so he says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he believed with an infidel? Now watch. And what agreement hath, there's an interesting verse, hmm. the temple of God with what? Idols. Listen, we could stop right there and I could preach that for the next five episodes. There you go, man. What agreement does your temple that's supposed to be in you have to do with idols? Idols has to be, what's the first letter in idols? I. There you go. See? Okay. No doubt. Okay. He says, or, 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 um, uh, for ye are the temple of the living God. Mm. As God has said, Chris, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned this last time. Right. I will dwell in them mm-hmm. and walk in them. Isn't it interesting to get to every part of the tabernacle? You have to walk. Mm. <laughs> And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, okay, Paul's laying down the wood now. Come out of from among them. Be ye mm, separate, sanctified, mm. separate. Right? Say the Lord, 
Touch not the unclean thing. I wonder why I wonder why in Leviticus God lays out so many chapters of what's clean and unclean. Mm. But that's just for them in the Old Testament. Okay. Hmm. Dare I say it another way? What is holy and what is unholy? Yeah. Right? And and, and look at, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, what promises? That I will be a father unto you and you will be my sons and daughters. Now watch what Paul says. Chapter 7, verse 1. Let us... What does that say right there? Cleanse. Cleanse what? Ourselves. Well, wait a minute. I thought the day I got saved, God cleansed me. Aren't you talking about works-based salvation here, Pastor? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking about... No, the day he saved you, he took your sins and nailed them to as far as east of the lust. But now you need to cleanse yourself of all of your unrighteousness, right? of all of your filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. By the way, all three of them are sitting right there. The filthiness of the flesh, justification, and spirit, sanctification. Sanctification of what? Your spirit bowing down to his spirit. Huh? Where does that happen? Mm. In the tabernacle. Y'all with me? Mm Mm-hmm. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Where does that happen? Mm. In the tabernacle. And that word perfecting, what does that mean? Maturing. Maturing. See, you got to mature into holiness. You didn't just get it. You, you didn't just all of a sudden, day you got saved, all of a sudden you became perfect and mature and holy. And No. You got to cleanse yourself of unrighteousness. You need to mature into this holiness and perfecting it. And by the way, all of this ultimately leads to, you know where it leads to, right? Second Timothy or second Peter chapter one. That's where it all leads to. Let me say this. Um, why don't we do that? With our time remaining, let's go to Peter. And the reason why I say that is because there's two places I want us to turn to and talk about. Number one, uh, maybe uh, if you would, uh, 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 Brother uh, Chris, read us 1 Peter 2, 5. And now, 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 in light of everything we're talking about, pay close attention to what Peter says here. 1 Peter 2 and verse 5 says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. That is a monumental verse if you want to understand this tabernacle thing. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Do you guys think God is a God of numbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Absolutely. What, what, is the, what is the number six in the Bible? Number of man. Number of man. Isn't it interesting that there are six things he tells us here? that we need to do something with, right? Build up, build up what? Build up what? Spirit, what are you building up? Spiritual house. Which is what? A tabernacle. Hmm. Correct? Am I wrong? Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Hmm. And when you build up the spiritual house, if the house is going to be built up properly, what needs to be in the house? Spiritual house. 
the Spirit. Yeah? Mm -hmm. A holy priesthood. Uh, the priesthood in the, in, in, in the Old Testament, what was the purpose of the priesthood? To do what? To bring the sacrifices mm -hmm. to the altar. To which, offer. Which, which is the next thing, sacrifices. Yeah. To offer. Offer what? Offer means you have to do something. That's the work of the Lord. You're offering. Your, your offering of yourself is doing the work of the Lord. And what are you offering? Spiritual sacrifices. And can I say this? That is what proper worship is all about. And then finally, acceptable. So you mean, do you mean to tell me that I can sacrifice, offer, and, and, and bring spiritual sacrifices before the Lord that are unacceptable to God? Well, yeah, Peter said it right there. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is true. So you need to do it <laughs> in the way God says to do it, or else you're going to find yourself like Nadab and Abihu kicking the curb. Yeah? When you start to grab onto this whole thing of the tabernacle, these verses just bring out a whole different level of understanding, don't they? They really do, man. They really do. And you start to see things the way God sees them. Listen, we are lively stones. Do you understand what that means? Who's the Christ? What is Christ? First Corinthians 10. Uh, he's the cornerstone. He's the rock. The rock. And we are cut out of him. That, that's, the, that's the idea. We're these stones of what? We're a bunch of stones that build this tabernacle, this, this holy spiritual house, but it needs to be built. I think that's first Corinthians three again, mm -hmm. as a wise master, master builder. builder. Yep. Huh? You start putting all this stuff together, man. And you start scratching your head and you go, Oh my gosh, what is going on right now? My whole life, I thought I was a Christian and I, what am I doing? I was just a, I was just Laodicean, man. I didn't know. It, I'm just saying, is the book the book or not? Because if it is, look what it's saying. Just can we just get to the point where we just put all of our, our whatever aside and just, what does the book say? What does it say? Look at Paul says in, in, in Colossians 4.12 that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Chris? And mm -hmm. what was one of those things that the will of God was? To be, be what? sanctified. <laughs> Mature and complete, right? Peter says, be holy for I am holy. Mm -hmm. uh, go to 2 Peter 1, 3. 2 Peter 1, 3. Uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and read that verse? According as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. All right, so now, now look at that. Because here, here, here's kind of our wrap up now. This is how we can kind of bring our sanctification uh, subject to an end. He, here's the, the stamp. <laughs> um, here's the stamp on the whole thing. P, Second Peter, Paul, Paul, uh, 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 obviously Peter, because Peter's the one who wrote it. Right? Uh, he's talking to us about if you look at verse one, he's talking to us about uh, obtaining this precious faith through the righteousness of God. And then look what he says there, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Now wait, if grace is just love, I'm just asking. So what if, so Chris, if God gives you multiplied grace over me, then what does that mean? 
if you're looking at it from the being love, that means he's given more of it to me than he has to you. Well, that sounds to me an awful lot like Calvinism. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you see? Do you, do you see why we better? We can't mess these things up, right. man. Because you Words see where these all, you see where these other false doctrines start mm-hmm. to get their their place from. Absolutely. No, no. What he's talking about here is not about how much more love he gave you over me. No, what he's talking about is how much multiplication of the ability to do what he's called you to do because you're following the order of what he's about to say right now. If you follow the order of what I'm about to tell you, Peter's telling you, then grace will be multiplied unto you because you will start to walk in that process of, uh, of uh, 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 being perfect right. in your faith. And doesn't it say, and I, I, I'm just thinking about it, I don't know where it is, but he says that, that, that his grace is going to be dispensed in, in, in measure to, <laughs> he has to dispense his grace in measure to, uh, to us. And I guess so, he gives you a little bit more love right. than me. <laughs> mm. uh, come on, man. Mm. Now I know that, that, that we just want to look at these words and, and think, oh man, that's what, it, uh, that's great, man. And if you want to stay there, stay there, man. But I'm just telling you, you're ignorant of a lot of things if that's where you want to stay. Okay. Because there is some more to all of this and, and it does matter because you'll never enter the phase of sanctification. If you just want to stay there, you yeah. just won't. Yeah. And, and, and it's not my opinion because hmm. this is what, Peter's saying right here, according, verse three, uh, Robert, you just said it, as his divine power have given us unto all things and pertaining unto mm. and life and godliness right. through what? The knowledge of him that called us to what? His glory. Him. And the way you get to his glory is the first thing you need to start to establish in your walk is virtue. Mm-hmm. He says, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. And oh boy, mm. they are exceedingly great and precious. Amen. Amen. Okay. And he says uh, uh, that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Mm. What divine nature is he talking about? Well, he's back to us in that tabernacle now. That's where we're partaking of that divine nature uh, of becoming more like him. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, well, there's your sanctification, right? And besides this, giving all diligence, look at that, all diligence, all diligence. What did, what did first Corinthians say? Cleansing ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, right? All, don't just give yourself half, half hearted in this. No, give all diligence. Add to your faith, what? Virtue, add to virtue, knowledge, are you walking through the tabernacle with me? Because mm, yeah. you should be, mm. right? Add to knowledge, temperance. Walk by the Spirit so you don't live by the lust of the flesh. Add to temperance, patience. Add to patience, godliness. Add to godliness, brotherly kindness. I mean, I wonder what prayer really is supposed to be all about. And then, of course, add to brotherly kindness, charity. Where is charity found? Right there in that ta- in that holy of holies, where God of this universe stepped down off of that throne into time, became a man, and died the death we deserved because He loved us. That's what true charity is. That's what true love is. And there's seven things listed there. Of course. How many articles of furniture? Seven. Yeah. That's, why I, was, that's why I said, are you walking with me? Yeah. Are you walking me with me through the tabernacle? That's right. what I'm saying. Okay, and and then look what he says here. For if these things be in you, watch, and abound, you just don't know about them. 
They're abound. You're doing them. You're abounding in them. They make you that you shall be neither barren or unfruitful. Mm. Huh? I wonder what that whole discipleship and the whole pattern of what we're supposed to be doing. When built, you know, I heard it. I've heard it said before. You know, you know, you get people. Well, you'll know them by their fruit. Well, yeah. Do you really even know what that means? <laughs> what What are you talking about? So you think you know what that verse says, but do you really know what he's saying? Yeah, you will know them by their fruit. In other words, it's not about what you're doing in your life. That's not what he's talking. That's not the fruit of your life. That's not what he's talking about. You know them by your fruit. By what are you? What are you producing? Bearing fruit. What John, are you bearing? Yeah, John what are 15, you? John right. What are you bearing? Who is in the kingdom because of you? That's what he's talking about. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know that they are true Christians, disciples of Christ, because they are out there bearing fruit. That, that's that's what God's given us as Christians to know one another is we're judging fruit and what kind of fruit it is, right? I'm telling you, man, we are so messed up in our understanding of this book. It's it's it it it, it kills us, man. It really does. And look what he says. Um, uh, for if you do these things and abound, then make they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful and then in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? He's blind. And cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Does that mean he's not saved? He forgot. No, he just forgot. Right. Or, or he just didn't know. I would argue that most those that, uh, that are truly believers today are sitting at that altar. Mm. They don't know because they're not being taught properly or they forgot. But now watch, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Where's your calling and election coming from? The tabernacle. The tabernacle is teaching you what your calling and election is. When Jesus Christ came to earth in a human tabernacle did he have a calling mm-hmm. <laughs> right isn't it interesting for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you what does that say abundantly oh that that's that's the that's where god wanted us wanted those israelites to go to right the abundant life right where the land full of milk and honey mm-hmm. and he says into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, see, if you do these things, if you do these things, then you will enter into that kingdom abundantly when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Man, the rewards and inheritances that are going to be given to you are going to be abundant. Mm. I'm done. <laughs> it's all you guys. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else before I, um, well, I was going to share one thing, but okay, yeah. throw, throw I'll to just you throw first. a little tag in there and then I'll turn mm-hmm. it back over to you. Um, again, with the, the tabernacle and, uh, you know, he read a couple of verses and I can't remember where it was. I was in first Peter. Yeah. Um, talking about, we're supposed to be now spiritually, we're supposed to be uh, as the church, a priesthood of believers. Okay. And if you read in First Peter chapter two and verse nine, it says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And now you think back to the tabernacle. Who was it that 
what does the book of Leviticus mean? It's the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe. It was the priests who were supposed to go in there and perform the sacrifices and do all of the works and what minister unto the Lord. Now we could go to Leviticus and show the verses uh, when it comes to ministering unto the Lord. So when I think, they were ministering, I'm just curious, Chris, were they taking out the trash? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just asking. Is right. that what they were doing when they were ministering? No. Because how many times in the book of Leviticus does he say that the priest may minister unto me? Right. Well, at Leviticus 7.35, 16.32, these are a couple of places you can go. It talks about the priest ministering unto the Lord. He was doing the work of the office of a priest, which is, again, you look at the church. We are a royal priesthood. We're going to be kings and priests ruling and reigning with Christ. So the picture still carries through, and and the priest had to be consecrated. He had to be holy. Uh, he had to be cleansed. He had to be purified. All these things that we've been talking about wrapping up in, in the tabernacle as the believer in us today. So, again, it, the picture becomes more complete as we see it through those eyes as well, that as the church a body of believers, a royal priesthood. Those are the things that we're supposed to be doing spiritually. Uh, and all of this takes place in, in the sanctification process uh, as we bear that fruit, John 15, uh, walk in the Spirit uh, and, and the fruit of the Spirit, uh, Galatians 5, and so on and so forth. And again, we could just delve into this deeper, but as you were reading these things, um, it, it made me think about that. And then, of course, Acts, uh, what was it, 13? 13, 13 2. 2. I'll read that, and then I'll, I'll turn that over to uh, you, Pastor Robert. As I flip there, uh, so what a beautiful picture painter God really is. Um, it, when you start to really see these similitudes come forth, thirteen two says, "As they ministered to the Lord and Who, fast." What, 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 wait a minute! I thought that was just Old Testament stuff. Right again. There's another look back. Ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, "Separate me, mm. Barnabas and Saul, for Separate. the work whereinto I have called them." Mm. Right. So again, that work that of the Lord that we're called on to separated, do, sanctified. separated, sanctified, ministering unto the mm -hmm. Lord, consecrated holiness, all these things that were going on in that tabernacle. Amen. Wow. So um, I'll leave you with guys with one last verse, Second Timothy two, verses twenty and twenty one. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And, and just to clarify, that house is a tabernacle. And there are some in the house that are, you know, I, I'm not saying you're not saved. That's between you and the Lord. But what I am saying is, there are some in the house that their vessel is either bringing honor or dishonor. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, we just pray that uh, these, uh, these, these truths from the Word of God are um, being used uh, to uh, stir your heart and your mind and uh, to bring transformation from the inside out for His glory. Uh, we, we thank you all for, for hanging with us. Um, and look forward to gathering together next time um, as we uh, go into uh, glorification. So praise the Lord, and we look forward to, um, to next time. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.